Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everyone? This is George Glife. We're back with another episode of Let's Grab Coffee. I'm here with none other than David Siegel, the founder of David's Tea. All right. I should have said Let's Grab Tea, probably. It's probably better. Uh, David's also the founder of Mad Radish, a super, super entrepreneur, lots of experience in the retail space, uh, originally from Ottawa, so a brother from Ottawa, and just super excited to have you on, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So tell me just one thing. What was it about tea that made you want to start David's Tea? Well, I think I think nobody was doing it in a fun way. Um, mm. You know, you looked at the tea market and it was either, most of it was sold in grocery stores or you had these specialty shops that were usually on a secondary street, kind of back alley location. And they're either very Asian or very British. And you kind of felt like you had to whisper or know something about tea just to go into them. So uh, I think I think you looked at this massive category that is really anything you put in hot water. It's not coffee, even though tea is a very specific plant in North America. We consider all herbs and, and fruits and whatever, whatever kind of infusion you're doing a tea. So you had all these endless possibilities of really cool blends you could do. Um, and and uh, yeah, I mean, we just wanted to do something really fun with it, and and modern and young, and and uh, away we went. We opened store, and it, you know, built from there. Um, it's very similar to Mad Radish, to be honest with you. I mean, you, you look at needs in the marketplace that just aren't being met. And, you know, in the case of Mad Radish, it's it's you know, we're we're our, our quality fast food is is lacking in this country. Um, you know, and, and, and we just felt the same thing, like that, that Canadians deserve better. You know, I mean, we deserve healthy fast food that tastes as good as it makes you feel. Uh, you know, eating well shouldn't be like taking your medicine. Um, so, so, you know, for, there's 10 burgers joints for every one uh, health food concept. So, um, you know, similar, similar kind of situation where there's just, there's just a big market need that, that I, I don't know, that I think isn't being met. Yeah, you almost did uh, the tea and tomato radish, what kind of Gary Vee did with wine. You almost kind of democratized it, right? Because at one point in time, which you alluded to, it was like you had to be kind of a connoisseur of teas and it was kind of a herb. It was just a different kind of sense to it. Whereas this is fun. Uh, actually, when I got this this, mo- this morning, uh, you know, you walk in and just the customer service is, is on point. They're asking you to taste. Uh, there's all these different flavors that you don't even know where to start. Uh, so it kind of it does make it more of an experience, uh, which, which is something that I really enjoyed. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I had a ton of fun building Davis T. I left that company three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold my share in it and, uh, you know, wished them well. And then I moved on to Mad Radish and, and we're looking to do a very similar thing to build a great brand in, in Canada, especially, um, you know, and, and, and provide a really quality product uh, to, to Canadians. Walk me through through kind of the, the starting point up until that kind of transition, David, and, and what you learned. I want to take kind of lessons from David's team and then lessons into Mad Radish, just because you have, I mean, such a profound story with both of them. 
Well, they're very different businesses. I think, I think David's tea um, is a sales culture. You know, you walk into David's Tea and say, hi, welcome to David's Tea. And you get that really bubbly, smell this, smell this, smell this, smell that. And it's this very engaging experience. Um, fast food is very different. You're looking for a quality product quickly. And you want to get in and you want to get out and you want consistency and you want it to be, you want it to be tasty. Uh, and you want to make you feel good. So the level of, it, it's, it's a much more operational environment than a David's Tea. Mm-hmm. Um, from a brand standpoint, I think it's, it's similar. I think with food, it's even more pronounced where, you know, so at Mad Radish, for example, um, every time you order with us on our app or you, you scan your, bar, your account barcode with us at the cash, we donate a serving of fresh vegetables to someone who needs it in the community through Canadian Food Centers Canada. Now, Canadian Food Centers Canada, they reinvented the food bank. They made, they sort of, the food bank model used to be the beggars can't be choosers model. Anyway, it's this amazing organization where, they, they give people in need uh, healthy food. They eat together as a community. They cook together as a community. And it's much more of an uplifting environment uh, where they're able to help these people get back on their feet. So we, we saw that. We wanted to tie in. You know, so it, it, we felt it was a great time for us because just you know, when you're dealing with food, especially healthy food, the, the brand component becomes so much more important. Like how you – food is emotional, right? Yeah. Um, so like you know, all of our packaging, for example, we're 100% compostable. Um, and we're just trying to build a company that, that uh, you know, makes sense in, in today's modern world and, and, and is doing well, not just for itself, but by its community as well. Um, so the brand piece, I think, is even more important in food. It's important in, in tea, but with tea, it just became very pretty packaging. Uh, you know, and, and um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think product is still, in both cases, is, is king. You got to have a great product. Exactly. Before uh, marketing, right? I mean, it always. Yeah, and that doesn't happen overnight. You know, like David's Tea, you go in there, you buy a gift package, you see those beautiful boxes with those, those windows. Like when we first started, you know, I remember my first Christmas at David's Tea, we had FedEx shipping tubes with tea inside, <laughs> white shipping tubes with labels on it. And we had white lunch bags like you take to school um, with a label on it and some tea inside. So, you know, you're, you're constantly iterating and getting better and getting better and getting better. And, that, and, that's, and that's really important as well as you learn from the market and what customers want. Um, I think in both cases, you're, you know, the biggest hurdle to growth is not necessarily money. More often than not, it's people. Where mm-hmm. people tend to screw up is, is not having um, enough of a, uh, a store culture and, and base of people that allows you to scale. Um, you know, you see it a lot where a company's service and quality falls apart as they open more stores because, you know, when you think about a retail concept, it's, it's nobody cares who the CEO is. They care about the person that's in front of them, serving them the product in that moment. So that, that applies to both David's Tea and Mad Radish. Just the criteria for what makes a great store employee is a little bit different in a, in a Mad Radish environment versus a David's Tea environment. Um, yeah, I mean, those are some of the key things. Real estate is obviously extremely important in both cases. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, retail is about being able to create something that people want to be a part of and getting great people to come on board and, and help you grow it and letting them kind of make their contributions and, and make it theirs uh, and being willing to let, let that kind of grow and foster. You know, you plant the seed, but you got to let it grow too. Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting concept that you just touched on because usually when you think of like tech entrepreneurship as an example, say you had a software or SaaS business, the CEO, obviously the, C, the senior management team is very critical. 
what you're pointing out is like the first impression is always the person who's servicing the end customer. How do you instill the culture, the value, the vision that you want into the kind of the front line so that that gets translated into the customer? Well, I mean, you got you have to be present. Uh, you have to be in the stores. You have to be you have to be demanding of that culture and, and also celebrating that culture. Um, so customer service for us is, is everything. I mean, I will personally visit a customer and, and respond to a customer. We, it's, it's, you have to, it, it's a mentality. It's an attitude. Uh, you know, you, you have to, like my partner uh, had, a, had a great thing where usually when you do an org chart, the CEO is at the top. Mm-hmm. But in retail, you almost want to flip the org chart so that the store, the store team is at the top, not the bottom. And the CEO is at the bottom, meaning that's kind of the mentality you want to have in the sense that your job as a head office. So we even changed the word from head office to support office, you know, because you're you're there to support the stores. Um, and I just think it's, it's an attitude that that has to be pervasive throughout the company. And, and, you know, when even even when you think the customer is wrong or trying to take advantage of you, my philosophy is you still have to do right by them. Um, you know, there's, there's, I, I'm old fashioned that way. I really do think the customer's always right. And, and you just, you just have to have that philosophy and, and you have to be, you have to be present. You have to be in those stores. You can't be in an ivory tower at, at head office all the time. And are you, are you talking to customers as well? And when, when you do, what yes. sort of conversations are you having? I mean, how's your meal? Um, what do you think we could be improving on? Is there anything you'd like to see that you're not seeing? On our on our menu or with our service, people will open up to you, and you have to you have to read the the, the various emails that you get. You get lots of them, especially in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the key though is is that you know you can't. I don't think you can jump on every single piece of feedback you get, especially with something like food, because everybody has an opinion and everybody has a different taste or whatever. You have to look for common threads within within the feedback that you're getting and the data that you're seeing as well. Um, you know, at David C, if we walked into a store and I asked the staff, I'd say, hey, you're with the customer every day. What tea do you think we should have that we're not carrying? You know, one person would turn and be like, lavender. We need a lavender tea. And then, you know, in the early days, I'd call up and be like, we need a lavender tea. Sure enough, we get a lavender <laughs> tea and, and the thing didn't sell. Like nobody bought it, right? It's because why? Well, because one random person walked in the store and asked for lavender tea. Where you're successful is if you go into five to 10 stores and then you ask, what do you think we should sell? And then they say lavender, they say coriander, whatever. They give you three different blends that are different from each store. And, but you have one that's common. So five out of, out of the seven stores says banana tea, for example. Well, then you know banana tea is probably going to do well for you. And sure enough, it usually does. So I think you're looking for common threads in your, the information you're getting. But you have to be looking at a lot of different sources for that information. Most importantly, the customer. Yeah, it's, it's that consensus. I mean, now that, that, that you have a second successful venture, you obviously have certain patterns that, that you kind of knew going into Mad Radish that you probably learned throughout David's D. What were those kind of uh, learnings that, that you just didn't want to repeat that might have been mistakes in the past? Um, well, I think you have to be willing to be... Nobody likes turnover, but I think you have to be willing to make hard moves to get the right team in place to be able to grow. And when you see that there's someone who is, um, um, who's, you know, who's still valuable potentially to the organization, but not someone, what a lot of startups do that's a, that I think is a bit of a mistake is they, 
the founding team becomes the executive team. And the founding team is not necessarily the team that should be the executive team. And, and, uh, and, and that becomes very difficult for a founder as you scale, as you're successful. Um, so that's something that, that at, at David's team, we, we went through as a growing pain that, that um, I think we could have managed better. Um, yeah, I mean, there's that. There's other things. I got to tell you, Mad Rash is a completely different business. It's, it's, uh, the food business is very different than tea. Um, the expectation is very different. Um, you know, I, 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 there, yes, I learned a lot from David C that we're applying, but we're, there's also things that we're learning quite a bit that we're learning in Mad Radish that, that, um, you know, the customer acquisition strategy is a little bit different. Um, it, it's, it's easier. For example, David C, we did tons of sampling. Well, that's much easier when all it is is hot water and leaves and crap, you know, and, 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 you know, thing you can bring anywhere around. You can do all these different events. You can, so, I mean, that's much more difficult, you know, doing remote events, for example, in Mad Radish is much more difficult. So much more costly. So, you know, you find different acquisition, uh, things that are much more effective in this environment. Um, I think one of the biggest differences is that in the food, in the tea business, the person behind the counter can, can really make the difference on service. But in Mad Radish, the person behind the counter can make the difference on service they can impact the product and they can impact your margin all in one shot. Um, so it's even more training becomes even more important. Like, like the management of, 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 and, and processes become even more important. So I think, I think, you know, there are different things that we're learning along the way. And, and um, yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, product development, I would say is very similar. And, and, and I learned a lot from David C in terms of how to develop product. Um, but but uh, I think the biggest difference too is that is that you know you, you have a bit more of a steadier hand the second time I find than the first. Mm. Yeah, it's, I think it's also like you just did a, such a great job with branding. I mean, that's probably like such a superpower of yours, just because you know obviously well, the names on 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 every one of these these cups, but just more than that, like it's so recognizable. I mean, to get to that level, and and Mad Radish is is definitely in that kind of zone now where like people just know the name, and and it, that's very difficult to achieve. What did you say? So, I mean, like, just to get to that level, it's, it's, it's far. Well, I mean, my, my favorite phrase is that it took me 10 years to be an overnight success. I, I mean, it. Mad Radish is just starting out. But, but with David's team, people, you know, like, it didn't it, – it, it took us time. I mean, it wasn't – I used to walk in – I see a lot of similarities where when I walk in a room now, well, I have half the room knows the, knows the company, knows Mad Radish, loves the product. The other half doesn't. David Steve, that used to happen all the time. I mean, now people know the concept and, and it's, it's pretty well established in Canada. But like, you know, you go back six years ago, five years ago, even like, I'd say half those people had no idea. So, I mean, it, it takes time. You have to get out there and you got to shake hands and you got to really get people trying the product. And, um, and it has to be a great product. And, and, and the company has to have uh, great values and you got to be able to, get an amazing team behind you that really is passionate about that and, and wants to, to get out there and tell everybody about it. So, um, no, it's very similar. I mean, I mean, in, in that regard, I mean, it, it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's being able to stick with it and show up every day and really, and really, uh, uh and really, you know, tell people about, about something that you feel is, is amazing. And, and then, and then you get validation along the way or not. Right. So when you get validation, then you know, okay, like I, I, this is, I'm onto something or, or not. And then you're like, okay, we need to change something. And, and you, can you tell me something, man? I mean, 
uh, I think Reid Hoffman talks about this. It's like the valley of the shadow, you know, every entrepreneur kind of goes through this point where you're just like, screw this, I'm over, like, I can't do this anymore. Uh, if, if you had these experiences, uh, what made you want to persist? Well, I mean, I think, I think there's, there's a difference between you have something. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be brutally honest with yourself. I think, I think you have to be able to look at the facts and, and, you know, I've seen entrepreneurs who, who, who continue on with ideas that clearly aren't working. Uh, and then there's a difference between that or when you have an idea that's kind of working and needs to be iterated and, and evolved and improved. Um, you know, the latter can be extremely frustrating, but, but I'm not one to walk away from something that I think has legs. And usually if I think it has legs, it's because there are some facts on the ground that indicate that. Um, you know, so I think, I think that's, that's sort of, you know, at the same time, like I, I had a company before David C that didn't work, um, you know, and I, I had to walk away from it, you know, and it was in the software space, uh, not my, not my game as it turns out. Um, <laughs> it was related to retail. I had a company around, it's called fitting room central. We captured what people were trying on in the fitting room and compared it to what they were buying. So we gave them this conversion rate. Mm -hmm. room. And the idea was when you try something on, you like the look of it, you're evaluating it on the rack. And then when you put it on your body, you're evaluating fit. So when you look at whether something's selling or not selling, you don't really know why, but this, this information will give you more insight as to why. And I pitched it all across every single clothing retailer you can think of. We even got a pilot at Macy's on 34th and 7th. But fundamentally, it, wasn't, it was a nice to have, not a need to have. And uh, you know, it was a big IT commitment. You know, There's no such thing as the cloud in those days. And, and long story short, um, you know, it, it just wasn't a good business. It was a good idea. It was interesting. I love that word in business. You know, interesting is, is kind of a dirty word in business because it, it sort of means like, you know, what you want to hear is like, when can you deliver? Not interesting. Hmm. Um, so interesting is very academic. And so like interesting, I kept thinking I was close, but I wasn't. It was these long sales cycles. And eventually I just stopped. I said, you know what? This isn't working. And I had to walk away and lick my wounds and, and put, pick myself up and do something else. And, um, you know, I, I've always loved retail. I worked in retail as a kid, and that's when the idea for David C came about. And, you know, um, and I, but you know, I, I felt, I felt, I feel very comfortable in environments where I'm getting some traction, but not as much as I'd like. And what do I need to do to fix that? Mm. Well, thanks for sharing that. I mean, uh, it's nice. To, I, I guess for for maybe aspiring founders who are listening to this to hear that it wasn't just all sunshine and rainbows, which I knew it wasn't. Oh, it um, never is. Anybody that tells that. <laughs> It's, 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 no, it's not, but you have to, you have to love it. You have to, you have love, to enjoy it. Well, you have to love the challenge of it. I mean, I think, I think, um, um, you do, you have to, you have to love the, the mental game of it. Um, I think, I think as an entrepreneur, managing your emotions is, is one of the, the most important things to do. Like, you know, you need to take care of yourself because you ultimately make very impactful decisions. So, um, you know, and, and the emotional swings as an entrepreneur are, are extreme. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like so I mean, burnout. I mean, depression is rampant. Uh, you hear about all these things because course. people just don't take care of themselves. What is it for oh. you? Like, what do you, what is it that you do? I'm just kind of curious. Do you have uh, any? Uh, tips I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I've, I got lots of battle scars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lots of them. Yeah. Uh, what do I do? I mean, I, I, I like to exercise. I like to meditate. Things like that. I, I watch my diet. Obviously, I'm, I mean, I started a health food concept. You know. Um, yeah. I mean. I, 
But at the end of the day, I'm excited about Mad Radish. I really am. I, I love it. I wake up every day. I mean, I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing it because I love it. And I'm doing it because I really feel that we're doing something. Like diet is the biggest health issue of our time. And with Mad Radish, we think the way to get people eating healthier is to inspire them. So we're doing premium, you know, salads and, and bowls, different dishes with, with chicken, with salmon, with all kinds of different vegetables, with amazing dressings. And then we're also doing uh, grab and go and all these $10 and under price points, um, some amazing sandwiches, some vegan, like a, we have a chickpea tuna, which is like a smashed chickpea salad, you know, and then others more like a fired up chicken, like more of a Portuguese style spicy chicken. So I, I have a lot of fun innovating the menu. We launch a new menu every season. Um, we're always looking for seasonal vegetables that are, that are in season. Um, so I, I love that. I love, I love the action around it. I love watching the team get better and better. I love watching the customers fall in love with us. I love, I love seeing my favorite thing is seeing a customer who came in and perhaps didn't find what they loved the first time. And then, you know, talking to them, whether it be over some kind of channel, whether it be on email or, or somewhere else or, or live in store in person and being like, oh, did you try this? Or we're coming out with that. Check it out. And then having them come back to me and be like, I loved it. And knowing that we iterated and we got better and then we won that customer over. I mean, that that for me is just the best. Um, so, I mean, I, I like that. I like I like trying to perfect uh, a concept. And I feel every day I wake up knowing that that. What we're doing with Mad Radish uh, has has the potential to impact a lot of people for the better. And, and do you ever visualize or or see you know Mad Radish becoming synonymous with healthy fast food? Because when you think of fast food, you think of these you know Burger King, whatever Popeyes. Right. Uh, but yeah. you're kind of changing that game. You're making it fast, accessible. I'm trying to. Value. There are others out there, and I think I think our approach is that that we need to be able to service uh, different times of day and different price points too. I think with a lot of these salad concepts, most of them are predominantly in downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, they have yet to expand to uh, a wider market and often the price points are quite high. And what we're trying to do is, is offer uh, price points ranging, look, you can eat with us for, for 10 bucks, you can eat with us for 15 bucks. Um, and, and in either case, you're gonna get great product. Uh, you know, and you're going to feel good after you eat it. You're going to get a, a good balanced nutrition of proteins, of, of vegetables, vitamins, minerals, etc. And you're going to get, you're going to get, um, uh, you're going to get, and it's going to taste great. And that's something that we're really focused on is making sure it tastes great. I mean, the joy of eating is one of life's greatest pleasures. So, uh, you know, we feel that, that we can give consumers not just food that makes them feel great after they eat it, but, but also, you know, they enjoy, they enjoy it while they eat it. Um, and we're looking for full meals. Like this is not rabbit food. So I think a lot of people's perception of salad is that I eat it. It's a bowl of spinach and I'm hungry again in two hours. Yeah. Uh, and that's really like, if you check out our salads, I mean, we got fired up chicken salad we got a smoky Caesar with, with cashew Parmesan and garlic chickpeas and these smoked mushrooms. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's chef inspired products, um, that are going to fill you up and, and, and that are, that are, delicious that sounds great man i'm about to go there right now cool. uh, young and eglinton in toronto check us out i was gonna ask how many stores do you guys have now we got four now uh three in ottawa wow. uh one at young and eglinton in toronto um and uh we're open which we just opened about five months ago and then one and then we're opening three more coming soon so why why ottawa to begin with um i'm from ottawa um i, I you know i'm I'm here and uh, I mean, we knew we'd end up in Toronto. We'll end up in Montreal, I'm sure, eventually too. And um, yeah, no, I mean, Ottawa's a, a, it's a good test market. You get a, a good mix of different kinds of people. And 
I think it was important for us to um, develop a concept in a market that has all kinds of that has a wide. So with Ottawa, you get a mix of government, you get you get uh, tech execs, you get you get a lot of different walks of life. Not that you don't in Toronto, but you know, if I open on Bay, Bay Street, it's 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 uh, it's a di very different audience in the rest of the country. Um, so we just we just wanted to make sure that we we got a wide cast a wide net to try and understand the market as a whole, and um, you know, and we're 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 taking some strides in that direction, and and we're going to continue to improve and, and get better. Do you ever create a business plan for these things? Like, do you know exactly which location, or is this something that just pivots over time? I think I think it's it's your yeah, I mean, I think you, you do create business plans, plural. Um, but it's very hard to do it at the start. Like the definition of a business plan implies that you have a business. You know, when a lot of schools, look, you have to do some planning. I'm not suggesting that you don't. You obviously do. But I think you've got to get in the game to really understand it. So you have all these. But when you get into to a new business, you have all these aspirations and, and beliefs in your head. And then you open the doors and they all get shattered because um, the customer tells you things that you didn't know and the market tells you things that you didn't know. And, and or you I don't want to hear. Yeah. Or, or, well, a lot of the cases you don't want to hear it. I think that's a lot of things that, that, that hinders entrepreneurs is they're building businesses for themselves, not for the customer. And the customer often does not want what you want. Um, and, and you have to be able to say, okay, I don't necessarily like X, Y, and Z, but that's clearly what the market's telling me. Um, and so I think, I think the real planning starts when you get in the game and that's, and that's when you really start to plan and learn and adjust. Uh, and, and, and I think that's when, when your plans start to really take shape. Love it. Well, David, I want to be mindful of your time. I got one last thing for you, man, for someone uh, listening to this, who wants to start a business, preferably in retail, uh, what advice would you give them, uh, given what you've learned so far? Um, Start small, work in the store, and learn the business from the ground up. I love it, man. Simple yes. and effective. David, go to Mad. First of all, everybody listening to this, you got to go to Mad Radis. Let me know how it is. And uh, hey, man, I really appreciate the insights that you that you provided. My pleasure, George. Thanks for having me. Take care.